2: Chenega Analytic Business Solutions, CABS, a 2020 Washington Post top workplace, is looking for professionals like you in the Greenbelt, Maryland area to join its team. CABS specializes in engineering and IT for federal agencies and offers a competitive benefits package and an appreciation for work-life balance. Does this sound like a good fit for you? Your career? Their mission. Fulfill the mission and apply for your next career move today. Visit C-H-E-N-E-G-A-A-B-S dot com to learn more.
3: Welcome to the Workout Wednesday podcast. It is, uh, what the hell is today's day? Wednesday, March 21st. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me. So today's podcast, it's uh, pretty cool because it's something I know very, very little about. The relationship between your physical health um, and taking care of your brain and your mental health. So I'm just going to, I'm not even going to waste time. I'm going to say good morning to today's guest, Will Smith. Hey, how you doing, Anthony? Great to great to meet you, if you will, in the virtual world. Yeah, through the the radio podcast world. Um, why don't you first just kind of explain what you do and kind of what your goals are with what you do? My
4: background is in exercise physiology. I've worked at in all levels of health and wellness. I uh, I was a full time personal trainer for uh, fifteen years. But if you want to include even going back to high school when I started doing exercise orientations at my local. YMCA in Battle Creek, Michigan, where I grew up probably closer to 25 years, wow. uh, including college and graduate school. Um, thereafter, uh, college, I moved to New York. I uh, lived in Denver for a while. worked for Schwinn Cycling and Fitness, designing spinning programs and bikes and what have you. Moved to New York uh, in the uh, 1999-2000 range. Was a full-time personal trainer at a very high-end uh, elite health club. Did a lot of personal training. Uh, worked with special populations, people had orthopedic issues, post-rehab. Uh, ended up going on to a Division One level that was an Assistant Director of Strength Conditioning at a major university. Ended up starting my own business in Special Populations. And, um, and then I made a little bit of a career pivot a few years ago, about six years ago, and I moved entirely into healthcare, uh, which now on a day-to-day basis I help companies um, with my background and also the resources of the healthcare system I work with provide health and wellness programs on-site uh, to their employees, so a lot of what we're going to talk about today has to do with that kind of overall sense of well-being and the physical, mental, and the the factors that play into overall health. And you
3: got a lot of things on your uh, on your resume. Yeah,
4: yeah I, mean, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I would say if anybody is a career track health and wellness professional, it's probably me.
3: I love this because I don't know a lot about this subject. I know that yes, working out is good for you. I've heard that working out is good for you mentally too but outside of that, I don't really know the connection between physical fitness and kind of mental health.
4: We look at our brain, um, you know, we have a central and peripheral nervous system. Our central nervous system is pretty much our brain and our spinal cord. Our peripheral nervous system is everything that kind of shoots out to the arms and the legs. And, um, you know, taking it a layer higher, uh, we know that, for example, how interconnected the body is. You know, the brain And the gut, the gastrointestinal system, GI tract, a lot of people don't know, actually have more nerve endings um, and can be more responsive in that way than the brain is. So in many ways, the GI tract and the stomach is much smarter um, than the brain is. Um,
3: What is the the information behind that?
4: Let's say if you're on the subway in New York, you know, that's because I'm (laughs) going to the city once in a while, right? Uh Um, If you feel something, if you feel somebody behind you, you feel your gut tighten up or if you run across the street and your gut tightens up, that's the nervous system, the gut sensing um, a, a stress fight or flight syndrome before the brain even responds. So I think it's just a, a one fact or one point that the body is entirely interconnected oh, wow. and everything we do affects everything else.
3: Is that when like, people say you have like a gut feeling or a gut reaction? That's kind of where that comes from?
4: Absolutely. Okay. And so there's all these other little things in the body. Like you have um, curves in the, the feet, the pelvis, the, the diaphragm, the roof of the mouth. And as we age, all those tend to flatten out. And people don't realize, hey, you know, one of the reasons people have very poor balance when they're getting older, for example, is because their feet do flatten out um, to some degree. Uh, The big toe, for example, is one of the most important joints in the body. So um, as we age, which we're talking about mental health today, um, as we age, if you don't have, let's say, a good – uh, big toe joint, for example, your balance can be extremely off, regardless of how your brain health is and all those facts that go into your nervous system. So um, those little things, those little nuances are really important. So as we start talking about, you know, that mental acuity today and attachment to physical fitness, I just want to give that, that background that we can talk about today is really connected.
3: Well, okay. So then why does it matter for my brain if I am if I stay active and stay kind of in motion? Why Why does that help? Sure.
4: Um, One of the things I know that my my publishing office sent out with the press release was that connection of some new studies that came out recently on, you know, mental health, uh, Alzheimer's, you know, dementia, which is a syndrome. It's a syndrome that includes Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and vascular dementia. Now, getting to your point about how brain health and physical fitness are connected, um, we have things called primary uh, dementias and we have something called a secondary dementia. So primary would be like Alzheimer's vascular dementia, which are often linked to strokes, and we have something called secondary dementia, which is more Parkinson's and movement-related. So some of the recent information literature that's come out, particularly um, in the vascular dementia field that links strokes and cardiovascular disease, indicates that people are um, more likely to develop um, mild and potentially severe cognitive issues as they age um, and in some cases developing early onset. early cognitive deficiencies even in their 30s and 40s and the reason for that is entirely not entirely but a lot has to do with controllable risk factors so um point in case uh the literature is starting to indicate that when we have traditionally thought that low intensity exercise was you know the end all like get out move your body every day yeah that is still a good recommendation but now what they're finding too and you see this a lot in these training programs that are out there like the fartlek training and interval training, and it's all relative to your age and your level of conditioning. But they're finding that is if you increase your level of intensity, especially on a cardiovascular level, a little bit more, like that moderate or even a little bit more, you can actually increase the strength of your heart at a more rapid rate, the elasticity of your blood vessels, which can deliver nutrient and oxygen flow to your brain, which is really important for brain health.
3: By staying active and maybe taking it up a notch taking it from that low level intensity to maybe a moderate or just above moderate. If you're able to do that by doing that, you're just kind of giving your brain the nutrients and the sustenance it needs to, to stay functioning at a high level. Is that what I'm like hearing?
4: Absolutely. Okay. And I would, you know, if I can springboard off of that point, so I think that's a really good point about staying a high level you don't have to just stimulate your cardiovascular system or your cardiorespiratory or muscular system just by doing aerobic exercise. I mean, if you talk about the muscular system, you can still stimulate your heart rate um, improvements in your resting heart rate, which means your pulse rate drops at a resting rate, by doing things like strength training, um, that circuit training at the gym, doing interval training, where you let's see so you do three or four primary body parts, and then you take a break. And then as you get in better shape, what ends up happening is you can decrease your rest time between each of those, um, kind of circuit stations. So it's not always about the type of exercise. It could be that you would want to manipulate the weight, the rest time using your body weight is some of the best form of training. You can do walking up and down Hills, um, breaking up, um, carrying a conversation on with the person next to you, but then breaking it up a little bit by increasing the intensity, um, by, by just walking a little bit faster. Um, but all the, all these things really work together, and I think the point is, is that most people out there, I would say 90% of the population, cannot afford. Um, and I say this very respectfully, because I have a lot of friends that are still full-time trainers in the field. A lot of people cannot afford a full-time oh, of course, yeah. or an, an, an expensive gym or other things. Where honestly, you're not always getting a better level of service. You might get a more one-on-one level experience, but you may not get that level of service that is commensurate with the price. Okay. So. That's, that's why telehealth and all these resources we're talking about today are really, really important for the average person out there that just wants to improve their health.
3: Well, what was the last thing you just mentioned? Telehealth?
4: Um, some of the more recent development in um, health delivery, we talk about teletone and things on the spinning bikes and what have you. But um, the, way that, the way the whole kind of healthcare delivery field now is developing is that, um, we have things like telehealth where you can log on and you can talk to your doctor. Oh, okay. It's all about cost control and what have you. So um, I, I, would, I would see that being one of the most important things in the future is the delivery of good, solid, respectable content that people can rely on in a convenient and accessible manner. So I think we're just seeing the beginning of that.
3: I feel like you don't really worry about your, your cognitive abilities or your mental health until you're a little older because it's just not something you think of when you're young, right? Yeah. So absolutely. for someone who may be a little older and might be like, oh, I'm not as sharp as I once was. Or maybe I'm just – I just don't feel – like it feels a little cloudy up there. What is something that someone can do if they haven't been active for a while and they want to make sure that they they stop wasting their time? They start today and they're like, I'm going to do something to kind of help my body – or." make my body help my brain. What is like a quick exercise, maybe a body weight type of thing that someone can do without going to a gym and without spending a ton of money on a trainer?
4: Sure. So, you know, I hate to make it this simple, but at the end of the day, it's about getting as many muscles working together at one time. So, for example, the old stall work, the body weight squat, um, the the deadlift, those types of things work major muscles, major joints. They get a lot of blood flow through us. Uh, flowing through the body. Now, and again, going back to the point we made earlier about the interconnectedness of the body, if you just start with something as simple, again, just really simple, just like a squat, even if you're not doing anything now, start with just five to 10 squats a day, and then do that every other day. Um, The American College of Sports Medicine generally recommends about 150 minutes of exercise per week. That's about 30 minutes a day. That doesn't seem too bad. It doesn't seem bad, and you don't have to do all 30 minutes at one time. You could do uh, 15 minutes in the morning and you could do 15 minutes at night. And again, this is all about breaking it up and making it work for you. So the larger muscles that you can get involved, a squat, those types of things, you're working 60% of your muscle mass is located in your lower body. I don't know if most people know that. So when you work those lower body muscles, you're taxing your heart. You can tax your brain because your brain has to stabilize your body forward and backward and activate the muscles in a coordinated manner. Okay. So Those things are really important. Plus, that's an activity of daily
3: living. You're probably squatting and you don't even realize it every day. Well, I mean, if you're getting up and sitting down in a chair, you're kind of doing that same action. Absolutely. Getting out of the car. Yep. I know that you mentioned, you know, you could do 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. There is a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, about the Tabata Handbook and it was all these different Tabata workouts. And just as a quick aside, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that, those are 16 minute exercises you can do. If you're in a time crunch, you could grab one of those and do that. I know you have a book, actually, though, called Exercises for the Brain, right? Or for Brain Health? Sorry. Exercises for, yeah, Exercises for Brain Health. Yep. If I was, if I just saw the title, I'm like, okay, my, are these physical exercises? Am I doing brain activities? Like, what do I find in that book? That's a great question. So the Exercises for Brain Health hits on a little bit of everything. And again, my scope
4: of practice, I'm part of the care continuum, if you will, that the personal trainer, the, the health professional that is with you, I like to say, the other 90% of the time after you get done with your doctor, after you get done with your physical therapist or any of that acute care stuff you might need, we're, we're the people that are out there educating and treating teaching people essentially how to get healthy uh-huh. and be independent, live independent, functionally healthy lives. Now, if you go to the book, we try to represent a lot of those principles in the book. So very, very uh, pointed pointed examples. So we give you some mental exercise in that book. We talk about you know simple things like counting up and counting down. Um, for somebody who has severe cognitive function, maybe dysfunction, maybe they have a um, Alzheimer's or advanced Alzheimer's, we could start something simple like Counting backwards, counting up from seven by sevens, or counting backwards from seven from like you know seventy or less. If somebody really wants to work in the brain, they could start counting backwards from a thousand. Um, simple things like that, creating lists uh, that that can help with time management. We talk about those types of things. On the physical side, we talk about very simple exercises that like um, like working working the back of the body, working the muscles that are important with posture. Where in Parkinson's, tends to have a forward flex posture. We're teaching people how to stand up straight. We're talking okay. about simple things like deceleration movements. And a, a simple example of that is walking down the steps and controlling your body weight as you walk down the steps. Because that works your body in a different manner than you would normally
3: use it. You know what's funny is um, when I, anytime I used to do a uh, like an intense leg workout, walking yeah. up the stairs was easy. That was fine. I never had an issue with that. It was that first moment when I walked down the steps and realized how wobbly everything was because my muscles were so sore. And that would, that would always scare the crap out of me. Yeah, that's what we
4: call that stretch lengthening reflex where you're, you're going down the stairs and you're learning to control your body weight very slowly. That's yeah. actually one of the most important pieces of injury prevention for any age huh. is controlling your joints like that. Yeah.
3: Does diet come into play here at all? Yeah,
4: so the diet's a very interesting one. Again, I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist, but I can definitely touch on that because it's in the book. I think some of the most important things that go um, along the idea of nutrition is um, when we live in a very, uh, I would say, an inundated society where we're kind of environmentally with chemicals and the, the variety of things that we're inundated with every single day in our food in our food system and what have you. So I would say try to drink. Number one, try to drink as much water as possible. You know, assuming you don't have some kind of, you know, um, you know, salt tissue or hyponitremia or something like that, try to drink a lot of water. That's number one. Number two is we want to try to decrease the amount of oxidative stress in the body. That means the inflammatory state. So leafy green vegetables, stuff with omega-3s, omega-6s like um, almonds. Uh, you know, um, olive oils, those types of things um, are very, very important. A um, lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables um, are very good, too. Um, le- lean proteins are great, uh, wa- wavering towards, like, salmon, which has great um, fat in it, not as your only protein source, but those are good things to, to take in every day. Um, and there's actually been a connection, just on an aside, there's actually been a connection with people who drink tea and coffee of actually lowering their risk of developing Parkinson's. Um, so that that is there's some really interesting research out there where I encourage your audience to vote to look now, at is it, that, especially if they have a family history.
3: So I actually and this is I love everything that you mentioned because I think I have someone on the podcast who has mentioned a lot of those points. Like I think the last podcast, if I remember correctly, was someone who was on here talking about an anti inflammatory diet. And then a couple of weeks prior to that there was I had someone on who was talking about how something as simple as a uh, green tea or oolong tea can really help kind of sustain energy and keep you going um, and help your metabolism so it's, it's cool that you're talking about all those little things and then the water topic I think is so interesting because kind of on a whim when I first started this podcast the first week of this year the goal was okay let's add one thing to everyone's week during, through this podcast that if they yeah. do this all week long they make it a habit Then next week we'll add something on top of it or take something away if that's if it's a, a bad habit and the first thing I said was actually to drink the right amount of water and it's an impressive how many experts like yourself have come on here and said, drinking the right amount of water is one of the most basic things you can do for your overall health.
4: Well, when you think about it, 90% of your cells are water, 60% of your body mass, and the remaining mass is water. And when not only from a uh, just a hydration standpoint, where you feel like you're not, you know, dehydrated, if Mm -hmm. you will, um, just drinking that for mental acuity, you'll be amazed by if you drink more water, how much more awake and alert and everything else you'll be. And then the other thing, I really like what you mentioned about habits. Habits are the most little, little changes. It doesn't have to be macro changes. They're micro changes every single day. It takes like, what, 21 days to 25 days to yeah. really change a
3: habit. If you just change one thing every day that's positive, it, it can make all the difference. Well, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is learning just a little bit. I don't, do I think that there's a person out there who's going to listen to this specific episode and remember every single word you or I say? Honestly, probably not. But if a hundred people, even if it's just a hundred people, can listen and take one thing away that they happen to carry with them for, for the rest of the month and that becomes a habit, then we both kind of did a decent thing.
4: Yeah, totally, totally on board with that. Absolutely.
3: And um, I've started downloading uh, like meditation apps and stuff. Do you find that that matters at all in terms of kind of like overall men- brain health, brain and mental health, or anything like that?
4: Where I, well, first of all, I think I think everybody needs something a little different, whether it's a habit change. Um, I know there's a what is a transcendental transcendental or transcendental meditation. I always trouble with that. That a lot of celebrities and you know uh, thought leaders, CEOs, what have you, do that every day as a matter of practice. I think my approach to that is everyone needs. A little downtime everyone yeah. needs to unplug and everyone needs a point where they can take all those the distractions out and I did this last week I went on vacation with my family and we I barely looked at my phone and it was I focused in on two things you know my family time every day and then um, and then just you know moving my body every day those were the two things and for me that was almost meditated that was almost cathartic because I took away all the distractions so I think going back to your question I think meditation is awesome. I think it's it's a key. Not maybe not everybody needs to do it, but I think it could be deep breathing. It could be meditation. It could be focusing on something very important for a short period of time in the morning, where there's no distraction. I think that's the key um, to make it a daily habit. Just do it every day, whatever it is.
3: Well, let's um, let's give you the opportunity because normally I give give out this random thing that I kind of think of like, Oh, this could be cool if, or neat if people do this every week, or if this could be cool, if someone removes this from their, their life every day, if you can wave a magic wand and give everyone this one thing that they would do every day, is there something you can think of off the top of your head? Be like, I wish everyone just added this and it would help them physically um, and mentally.
4: Absolutely. I would say, and again, just going back to the simple squat idea, it's not a squat, but move your body every day. I know it doesn't, you can eat, you can eat, all you want you can do everything you want but just move your body for 25 to 30 minutes every single day if you can do that just get out there move raise your heart rate up raise your breathing rate up I think you will find it will domino effect into everything else your interactions with people will be more positive in some way because you'll have taken care of that self-care piece for yourself you probably will naturally drink a little bit more water because you'll be more thirsty move your body every day. If I had to do one thing, just move your body every day.
3: I love that you brought up the uh, the interactions with people because I thought I was weird originally. If I didn't get a workout in or whatever, I would just, I would actually get like kind of grumpy and angry. And what I then realized was, A, I'm not the only person that feels that way. Um, but a lot of that was just a stress reliever for me. Like if I can go to the gym, it's kind of my meditation because for the most part, if I'm doing if I'm doing it properly, I'm not looking at my phone that often. I'm usually – I'm just using my phone to kind of track the workout. So it gives me that downtime from all of the different factors that come shooting at you, whether it's emails, texts, notifications from whatever app. And then I it is also a stress reliever because you're you're getting out some of that frustration physically. So I do like the fact that you brought that up, that you can actually be in a better mood by moving a little bit more during the day.
4: I think, I, I think fitness or just moving, I think health is a great way to create social glue between people. I mean, we see this in the gig economy now. A lot of the gig economy is about developing relationships with people. We see it in you know, Facebook, private chat rooms, and all these things where people come together for a common cause or a reason. I think everyone kind of looks for that tribal component, you know, that, yeah. that sense of belonging, of, of community. Um, but that means something for everybody. That could be a virtual. That could be an in-person that could be a professional networking group, uh, which, you know, LinkedIn is a great example of that. But I think at the end of the day, that I think the important piece there is that social glue that people look to belong to something. And hopefully it's something positive because I think if you do something positive, especially in the health and movement paradigm, um, it can be very positive for you and the people around you.
3: Yeah, that's actually kind of one of the reasons I think that podcasts and radio, like people always say, oh, radio has been around forever. Maybe it's dying. It's one of the reasons that podcasts and radio still do really well because you're you're listening and you're part of something it's very different than listening to like an album in your apartment by yourself that's kind of your time alone you're not part of a group necessarily but if you're listening to a conversation and chiming in through social media you're part of that that tribe
4: yeah there's a there's a familiarity there's an interconnectedness between people who have a a common interest um, a genuine common interest and wanting to join that because it's adding value to their life in some way um, and I think I, I totally agree. I think radio and audio is making a comeback. I mean, between Alexa and the Google yeah. and everything else in the world. That's the interface because honestly, it's when people listen to stuff, right? It still allows you in our multitasking, task switching society that we live in, it still allows you to do whatever you're doing but still listen to it. Oh yeah. Um which is which is kind of interesting, you know?
3: Well, when I if I'm cooking in my apartment, it's hard to watch like a Netflix show, but I can easily put on a morning show podcast and listen to that or a health podcast and listen to that while I'm doing other things. Oh, yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. That's I think, I think we're just seeing the rebirth um, of audio again. I think audio is going to be the next, uh, you know, the next what television was, you know, yeah. 50 years ago.
3: So if people made it this long, they made it 25, whatever minutes into this podcast and we're about to let them go off into the world onto whatever journey they're on. If there's one thing you want someone to take away from this podcast, one lesson, one idea, what would you want that to be?
4: I would say, uh, and again, I don't want to be cliche, but I think health is the new wealth. um, And it has always been the new health. Uh, the new wealth. Uh, I think you got it. People are people are becoming more in tune with their bodies now and realizing the importance of their health because healthcare costs are out of control. Oh yeah. Uh, with with the new gig economy now you have a significant increase in people freelancing uh, and non you know non exempt full time employees where they're working for themselves freelancing what have you. So I think we're going to see a huge uptick in that. Um, so blending in blending that all in together I think there's going to be more onus and accountability on the individual to take care of themselves. Um, and a health perspective, and there's a lot of great tools out there now that you can do that. Um, you can access amazing podcasts like this one, try to eat a little bit better, try to change that habit, try to move your body every day. Um, but I think health is a new wealth and I think people will come to see that more and more, hopefully before, you know, if you have a, a, a health detriment, but just take care of your body because yeah. it really is the greatest asset you have.
3: And I love the fact that this podcast is, I mean, it's different from the ones I've done in the past because... It's showing that, yeah, taking care of your body is great. You want to go fit into a bikini or a swimsuit before you go to Vegas or to the Bahamas with your friends. That's obviously, that's important to a lot of people or being able to run around with their kids or whatever. But by doing that, by taking care of your body, you're also protecting your brain for the future. You're also, hopefully, you're minimizing your risk for things down the road.
4: Yeah, I like to say you're making a deposit into your health bank and uh, that's, that's that's what we do every day, the little things at work.
3: All right. Uh, Will, if people want to find out more about you, maybe they want to pick up your book, uh, where could we send people? Sure. You can go to uh,
4: Amazon. You can find my webpage there, Exercises for Brain Health, Exercises for Perfect Posture just came out. Um, I also have a blog called jerseygrind.com that I just put up about two months ago on work-life uh, work resources.
3: Thank you. I know you have a ton of things you've got to get to today, but thank you for making some time and uh, hanging out with me on the Workout Wednesday podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me as your guest today. All right. Next week, I believe that my guest is going to be Sean T from uh, Beachbody. He's got the Insanity DVDs, Insanity Max 30, Sean Week. Uh, His book, Teas for Transformation, is out as well. Uh, I've had him on the morning show a couple times. I had him on the Workout Wednesday video. Uh, He's one of, like, the most motivational people you'll ever come across. So if you got questions for Sean T, whether it's motivation questions, fitness questions, diet questions, whatever it is, uh, hit me up at worst, Anthony, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, or just uh, shoot an email to my day Friday show at Gmail. I will see you next week. Uh, good luck on whatever journey you are on. And thank you as always for spending some time with me on the workout Wednesday podcast.
2: Chenega Analytic Business Solutions, CABS, a 2020 Washington Post top workplace, is looking for professionals like you in the Greenbelt, Maryland area to join its team. CABS specializes in engineering and IT for federal agencies and offers a competitive benefits package and an appreciation for work-life balance. Does this sound like a good fit for you? Your career? Their mission. Fulfill the mission and apply for your next career move today. Visit C-H-E-N-E-G-A-A-B-S dot com to learn more.